Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk with you about some really fun and exciting ways to create some excitement and hopefully momentum for your service-based business. But for those of you who have personal brands, I've got some tips for you too, but you're not going to hear any of it unless you stand by after this short break. And we're back. But before we dive into today's episode, I would love to thank those of you who have been listening for the very first episode or multiple episodes. Thank you so much. I could not be here without you. And if you haven't done so already, check me out on Twitter or LinkedIn, Denise Chi Lee. And if you haven't done so, go ahead and visit me on denisechilee.com where you can reach articles and links to all my other stuff that I've got going on. Be sure to click the courses tab if you're looking for some information about how we can work with one another or just resources in general to help you grow your brand and or service-based business. Now, let's get into it. I remember a couple of years ago, I was listening, ironically within itself, one strategy that I'm going to tell you about kind of growing your business and making your mark online. And one of the things that struck me, they said during this event that I attended, it was that it's kind of hard for you to build any momentum or any traction unless you create activities and exciting little things that are going on within your business. Because if you're just kind of offering the same hum to hum thing over and over and over again, people kind of will tune you out and will go on to something that's more exciting and new. I I hate to say it, but it's actually the, the truth. I think about, for example, Heck, even in my local neighborhood, there is this indie soap maker company. They, they're kind of trying to compete in the same space of Bath and Body Works and Lush, but they're selling more or less homemade soaps and fragrances, and they're also selling stuff to clean your laundry, clean your dog. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that they're opening, they're brand new, and one of the things that they frequently have is they have a little tent that has their business information, and they always have samplers, and they always have someone out there smiling and waving and encouraging people to come into the store. Because they are relatively unknown, it's kind of hard for them to build up that traction by just having their store out there. People, even though it's a retail space, people could just walk in and see it. It's not really attracting people unless they do something. So in addition to having that little tent with the free samplers, there's also little signs and whatnot. The point I'm trying to make is that translate that same concept into your online business. People aren't going to just randomly show up on your website. Don't count on that unless you're planning to write a lot of articles and you're going to work with an SEO specialist. When I say SEO, search engine optimization specialist to check your backlinks and all sorts of technical stuff, which is beyond the scope of either our time with one another or my expertise to be quite frank with you. The point I'm trying to make is that in order for you to get people to notice you online, you're going to have to 
do a lot of things to create that traffic, to create that interest, to create that buzz, and, and to invite anybody else. If you notice that I always start off by encouraging you to visit me online, right? It's the same kind of concept. I'm not assuming that just because I say it once, that's the only time I need to say it. It it has to be in a refrain. It has to be a repeat because people are busy. You don't know whether or not they're listening for the very first time. They're engaging with you multiple episodes and they now just decided to take the time to write a review, wink, wink, (laughs) or disengage with you. So I've come up with about four ideas to kind of create that momentum, create that traffic that I know I'm confident are is going to really help you get that encouragement and the momentum to be more visible. And big caveat, big caveat, do not assume that just because you do this for the first or second or <laughs> tenth or whatever time that you're going to have all these millions of people coming and following you. Now, if it does, Yes, Mazel Tov to you. Congratulations. Felicidades. Like, awesome if you do that. But the whole purpose of these activities is for you to get comfortable being out in the open, for you to get comfortable with promoting yourself. It's really hard for entrepreneurs who have been working for other people or haven't been in that space where they didn't have anyone directing and telling them to do these stuff to all of a sudden have to be their biggest and most happy cheerleader. But you're going to have to lead the cause until you build up enough momentum where you can hire someone. And even then you still have to be the director of this circus of sorts because yeah, business can be a little crazy. It can be a little unexpected with a lot of Twists and turns along the way. Roller coaster rides, I guess, the more apt term for this. And that being said, it's really important for you to get really comfortable with being your best advocate and your ally because trust and believe no one's going to promote you. No one's going to love your business quite the way that you will. So if you get in a comfortable position where you're happy and excited to be out there. And it doesn't matter if it's an audience of one, 10, 10,000, 1 million, it doesn't really matter. The fact is you have to be excited and you have to be hyping yourself along the way because people will tend to feed off that energy. And if you're really excited, they want to learn more about you. They want to connect. They want to take that next step. Do not get discouraged about the numbers. This is not about how many people will enroll or how many people buy your stuff. This is about you getting excited about promoting yourself. Now, with all that being said, I have about, I'm looking at my list right now. I've got six main ideas and I'm going to list them all out out loud for you right now. And then we're going to dive into each one in detail. Challenges with or without an audience, free training, webinar, conferences or summit, book or study club and contest. I'll say it again. Challenges with or without an audience, free trainings, webinars, conferences or summits, book or study club and contest. Now let's get into it. Challenges are really fun way to motivate the people who are serious about making a change in their business, their life, or whatever you're doing. Now, word of caution, their challenge 
that you're advocating, that you're doing, embarking on, has to be directly related with a product or service that you're trying to sell. For example, let's say you're going to do a five-day vegan challenge, eat raw fruits and vegetables, cleanse yourself with meat, and then you're not going to sell a keto diet at the end of the challenge. That doesn't make any sense. That's a really ridiculous example, but I think it brings home the point poignantly that it has to be that next step, that next level from what they're doing. Uh, Another example, uh, this is very common for weight loss coaches where they will have a three free three-day challenge, weight loss challenge, where they'll give people some exercises and some motivation to help people to get into a consistent routine after three days with the guidance and the leadership of the coach. And after the three days, if they really like it, they can continue on to a paid program, cohort, when I say cohort, group, or private one-on-one, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that it's a direct lead in. It makes sense. It's a smooth transition for the people who want more results. They had a taste, they freaking love it, and they want more of it. Now, that is challenges with the audience. Now, let me explain a challenge without the audience with a twist. I've seen this done on. LinkedIn, and it was very exciting. It was one of my fellow LinkedIn buddies, James Loren. He's a copywriter, and he was having write-offs between him and a bunch of other copywriters, and both of them were writing off little sales descriptions on random things, and then he... Both of them were anonymized, meaning that we don't, we didn't know who wrote what. And then he made a poll. He made it for up on the webs on the LinkedIn post and said, "Hey, read these copies. Let me when I say copy, what I'm what I'm trying to say is advertisement. Read these two advertisements. Tell me which copy was best." And it was a really fun way to engage the audience. It was fun to invite people to learn more about James Loren as well as the guest copywriter, brought in a lot of great views, got a lot of great traffic, got a lot of good interest amongst the people. Very fun and exciting to see how people were reacting to different copies. Each ad, I see, I see, I say ad and copy interchangeably because they're more or less the same. But for the purpose of this podcast, I needed to be consistent. So I'll say the copy. For the, the copy was very interesting because they were just talking about random things. For example, space exploration, which uh, I eyelash serum was best, just random stuff. But the job was not so much to sell, obviously, the fictional product, but to assess the technical skills of each of the copywriters, the technical skills of how they were able to uh, clearly and explain in a fun and unique way. And obviously the audience just freaking loved it. Just talking about all these interesting and neat things in a, in a sales salesy kind of way. Get people excited, get people buzzed up, get people interested in to see what you've got going on. It could be uh, another example is the free training. So let's talk, try, 
transition and talk about the other stuff, free training. It could be standalone. It could be obviously in a webinar where you're more or less giving people a very bite-sized portion of something that you really know how to do well. Now, I recommend for people to do this live. I'm recommending that you do this live because I'm. this is me speaking from experience here. When you're doing it recorded and you're putting it up there, the energy is not the same. People can easily disengage. And more importantly, it forces butts on seats to listen because they're only opportunity to ask you the expert questions are right there on the spot. Now, for example, if you are not a service-based entrepreneur and you sell products, obviously the product could be just a little snippet on one aspect of your product line, explaining how it works, assembling how how it's used for their own particular use. It is so amazing to me how we as entrepreneurs assume that our clients, customers know how our products or services work. Honestly, they don't because we're so wrapped up in our own heads about how the thing works and functions. We have a hard time explaining it. So these free webinars, these trainings are really great times for you to listen and get some great feedback from the audience about what they like, what they don't like. Are you even explaining this with clarity? Maybe you need to be spending some more time talking about certain aspects that you never thought was as important, but to your audience it is. Now, I don't want you to get discouraged if there's only a couple of people you know, or the not enough that you believe it's worth your time. The whole purposes of this webinar, these kind of conference, these webinars, these free trainings are for you to improve on your public speaking skill, which actually brings me to the next one is conferences or summits. Now, these are an affair. It's a family affair, assuming that you are well-connected with people in your same industry and you can talk about certain things that are completely in alignment with the overall goal of what you're trying to sell or what the kind of brand that you're trying to build. For example, one of the summits that I've loved to attend, I still do attend, is called the Global Leadership Summit. And they feature presenters from all sorts of field. And they talk about body language and learning about empathy and all these wonderful aspects of leadership. And each person is a industry leader in one particular aspect of leadership. When you're having this kind of conference or summit together, get like-minded people who agree to an overall arching idea. It could be not, I'm just moving away from the leadership and thinking about exercise, arts and crafts, copywriting, website design, graphic design, the sky is the limit. But here's the thing. This can't be this nerdy thing where you're only speaking tech talk amongst one another. You're speaking to your audience, giving them bite-sized solutions. Each presenter is giving them a bite-sized solution on something that they 
when I say they, the audience really needs. We're not using the time to flatter ourselves or to brag about ourselves or to tell our remind the audience how fortunate and lucky they are to listen to us speak. No, 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 no. We're not doing any of that stuff. What we're doing is we're having this honest heart-to-heart moment with our audience and sharing what we've learned, why it's important to this, important to us, how we can help them through our products and service if they wish to learn more. But the focus is more on the education and the information and, not going to lie, a little bit of entertainment. Here's the thing. People, if they're not feeling entertained, they will tune you out. There's this funny acumen that uh, I've heard before. I heard I've been reading this book from Madeleine Albright, and the book title is Hell in Other Places. And one of the things that she says is that the best presentations, the best oratories are short and sweet and to the point, and people will only tolerate sitting in a chair as long as their butt can tolerate it, right? It's all linked. So the their attention span is linked to their tolerance on sitting stationary in a chair. So if people's butts are falling asleep or they're kind of swishing around and you're hearing them kind of just talk amongst each other or they just don't seem focused on the screen, odds are you are not connecting with them. And that's why you have to keep it short, lively, and to the point because we do not want to lose an audience because we know that their time is precious and oftentimes they have so many other options. We want to make sure that they feel that their time is well used and that this is the best place for them to be right now. They do not want to leave. They are feeling very comfortable and happy and excited about everything that you have to share because if they feel excited, they want to learn more. And that is the first step of building really great brand awareness and obviously, hopefully more engagement and more sales. Okay, now let's talk about a book or study club. This is definitely something that I highly advise for some of you guys who are in service space, specifically mental health, particularly any type of mindfulness, wellness, book study clubs are really a great way for you obviously to, you can promote your book. If you have a book out there, you can promote another person's book that's in partnership with you for another program or event. But the whole point is, or you can create your own pamphlet. <laughs> you can create your own resource. That's even better. Create your own resource and, ha- and distribute amongst the people and have people reflect and collaborate together about their insights they've learned from your material. And the whole purpose of this is to allow people that time to meditate and think above and beyond what they think is possible and for them to avoid isolation, avoid trying not to collaborate and think with other people. Book study clubs are a really great way for people to meet other people, for you to learn more about them on a more thoughtful level. And I think it's just really exciting to to just study amongst a whole bunch of other people. And you definitely will learn something, if not about 
how you've prepared the material, but how people are receiving it. Okay, now here is the last one that I want to share with you, and it's contests. Contests are fun. Freaking love doing contests. It could be obviously directly related to what you're doing. One of the funnest contests that I've seen as of late was contests with saying, how devoted are you to... This was an example of Frito-Lay. They have their Lay's potato chips, and they said, I want you to design uh, the next Frito-Lay's uh, potato chips. And I've seen other uh, Frito-Lay's campaigns when they say, tell us which flavor you want, one, and the ones that is voted upon the most will be able to be featured in a commercial. There's so many different ways that you can do a contest. The point is, is that you engage people, you have people excited, they're giving their own input, they're using their own creative juices. They can build something. They can construct something. They can give their input to something. They can write an essay. The sky is the limit. Really, it all depends on your level of organizing and promoting and sharing out your contest with people. Give them enough time. I think that's one of the biggest things is when you're doing a contest, give people enough time to actually prepare or to do whatever they need to do so they can submit their entries in time. And then I know this is an obvious, but I just have to say it is that you cannot be purchase necessary in order to compete in the contest. It has to be no purchase necessary. You have to open the doors for everybody. There's ethical ethical reasons behind why you can't have it restricted to just uh, paying customers only. It has to be open to everyone. And I think that even if they don't become a customer, even if they do nothing, depending on the prize that you're given, right? It doesn't matter. The fact is, they know about you. They're excited to see what's going to happen next. They can tell their friends about it. And then most importantly, it helps you to connect and collaborate with other people. You can do sponsorships with other people to help fund activities. Just lots of fun things that you can do. Just keep an open mind. Just keep letting people know that you exist. And I know that you can be able to grow your business. So in summary, we're just talking about fun ways for you to promote your business. I mentioned challenges with or without an audience, free trainings, uh, webinars, conferences or summits, book clubs, study clubs, and lastly, contests. Which one makes sense to you? Which one do you love the most? Let me know. Send me a message at hello at deniseglee.com. Love to talk with you about it. And obviously, if there's any other questions that you may have, send me a message at hello at deniseglee.com. Love to continue the conversation. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.